Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Um, We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome back to the uh, weekly podcast with Pastor Stephen and Pastor Stephen. We're looking at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and you've titled this sermon Without Excuses. And I'm going to go ahead and just, uh, I have the privilege of, of seeing your manuscript right in front of me, and we're, you know, we're talking about your sermon. I'm going to go ahead and read kind of what you said in your introduction, and then I'll, I'll let you kind of take it from there because it's kind of a deep topic today. Um, and you say, have you ever wondered what the eternal destiny of a person is born and raised and lives and dies in a place where they never once have access to a Bible? They never hear about God. They never hear uh, the Christian message. What's going to be their eternal destiny? Or what about a person who is faithful to another religion, say Buddhism or Islam, all their lives? Is God going to excuse them? Is God going to excuse those people who have never had access to the Bible? Um, and so you kind of you tell us, hey, pay close attention, man, because this is a, a thick topic. And, man, you, you present four truths about the reality of God. Um, so can you kind of... Uh, peel those layers back for us, man. Yeah, it. The natural reaction is, well, the the um, it's not fair. It's it's not fair if there are those who have been exposed to the gospel over and over again, versus those who were not raised in a Christian home or live in a uh, another part of the world or whatever the case may be. I've never been exposed to the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. We, we want to make an allowance. Well, those who've never heard, uh, I've, I've even heard this, those who have never heard Jesus, uh, that when they die, you know, there'll be an allowance for them to go to heaven in which I, I would submit if that, if that were the case, the greatest injustice we could ever do is send missionaries so that they might hear. Because hmm. if they never hear, then we don't have to worry about them rejecting it. Yeah. So let's not let's not be evangelistic in our efforts. And you could even take that even further, not just missionaries. I mean, you could take that to your next door neighbor. Golly, don't share the gospel. Because as long as he never hears it, then he doesn't have to worry about judgment for his sin. Well, we know that's not true. That's not true. Now, I do think I do think the Bible teaches clearly that when it comes to uh, judgment for our sin, when it comes to punishment for our sin, that those who have been exposed to the gospel, those who have had the Bible readily available, those who have heard, you know, appeals and messages, uh, come to Jesus. Here's how you give your life to Christ. Here's how you have eternal life and they reject, then their degree of punishment will be greater than those who were not exposed to the good news uh, like they were. But yet there's no excuse, and that's kind of the title of the message, because 
uh, what Paul is telling us in this passage of Scripture is that there is a light of God that has been provided to everyone. And he kind of lays it out. He says, first of all, there's creation uh, that everybody has this witness of creation. And so, uh, you know, you can go out and you can look up in the stars in the sky, or you can look uh, along the seashore, or I would even say for those who have kids and you were there in the delivery room and you, you see the miracle of birth within itself, you're like, oh my goodness, there's got to be someone. There's got to be a creator uh, that has created life, that has created stars in the sky. And Paul is saying that you can, you know, you, you don't have to grow up in the, in the Bible Belt in the South or in the United States of America and have churches on every corner to know a God that you can walk out of your hut in the middle of nowhere, look up and see the stars and say, okay, I know there's someone that has created these stars and if you are there, I, I want to know you. Mm. I want to reveal yourself to me. God, if you're really there, uh, show me. I love what the uh, late pastor, Dr. Adrian Rogers, used to say. And, uh, man, what the prince of preachers, just great, great nuggets that he would give of, of biblical doctrine. But he said concerning this passage, that if there's someone who would say, hey, God, you know, in the remotest part of the jungle, remotest part of Africa would come out and say, okay, God, if you're real, I really want to know you. I really, I really want to know you. I want to know how I can be in right standing with you. He, he said that if, if God had to parachute a missionary in there from a crashing plane to deliver the good news that God would, mm. that God would. Um, and so, uh, he also talks about the witness of our own conscience that God has put inside every one of us, a conscience right and wrong. Um, I think we have to be careful because a a lot of folks will sit there and say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to let my conscience be my guide. The problem is the conscience can become seared over time. Well, well, and so you were talking about this and I've actually sat down with a gentleman that was part of our church and he w- he had the job that he has to do is you know he sees things he sees all sorts of pretty all sorts of horrible things through the type of work that he does he sees the evilness that's out there he sees the uh, moral decrepancy that's out there and uh, so he was he was battling this thought. Now, this was before he was saved. He was like, man, there's got to be something different. There's got to be, you know, w- what's up with all this evil in the world? I don't understand why all these bad things are happening. And then he, uh, it sounds cheesy, but he went on a ski trip and he got to the, he got to the top of the mountain and he, he broke. Like he, he sat on top of the mountain and he's looking across and he's seeing this creation and you know that caused him because like you know he was dealing with some things in his conscience like that caused him to open the bible and start to read about the god of the universe the god that spoke the world into existence the god that knows the stars by name um 
So I've I've seen it. I've seen these two things play out. I know you weren't done talking about consciousness. I interrupted you. Sorry about that. But you know, I've I've seen this play out. Like people who are dealing with something, they see the creation. They see, uh, and I and I love the statement that you say here. Uh, every sunset has God's signature on it. Every flower has God's reality in the blossom. Every mountain was God's reality piled up. Every river was God's reality in motion. Um, He's like, man, I've been talking to you. So, man, God's present. He's everywhere. Uh, So back to conscience. I'm sorry. I interrupted you about the conscience. Uh, No, I mean, basically I was was just, I was kind of done with it, but it works the same way as creation. Uh, You know, the very, the very fact that, uh, and, he, and he talks about it in verse 14, Paul does, uh, about uh, bearing witness um, and their thoughts accusing or excusing them. Just just talking about the very conscience that God has given that long before even the Ten Commandments that people knew. I mean, it's wrong to kill somebody. It's wrong to steal stuff. Um, and uh, that conscience came from God that he gave everyone, everyone that. So, um, you know, as was mentioned in the message, the problem that people in our world today that causes people to start doing unconscionable things is uh, they, instead of going to the light that God is trying to reveal to them of himself through creation and conscience, they, 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 they run from the light. And it's uh, that conscience is seared over and over and over, and they start becoming a a cynic and they're rejecting going against what their own conscience is telling them but that doesn't happen overnight no not at all i mean it uh, i would say anything can happen but clearly it is something that usually is over a period of time no 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 i mean i would even say the same is true when it comes to you know when it comes to salvation uh well in in every sense you know knowing god right here um god reaching out to us drawing us uh, come to me, come to me. No, 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 no. And eventually you get to the point where your own heart is lying to you. And uh, you, we know as well as, as anyone that when it comes to just about anything in our life, the more we do it over and over and over again, the easier it becomes to do. And that's true when it comes to saying no to our conscience. That's right. true when it comes to saying no to the gospel of Christ. Mm. So you say light about God has been provided to everyone. You know, we have the witness of creation. We have the witness of conscience. Um, And then the second point you make is light rejected increases darkness. Um, Light rejected increases darkness. And uh, you make a statement, you know, a darkened heart results from truth not used. Uh, A darkened heart renders degenerate habits. So, um it's 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 a problem yeah when we don't well and particularly here he's talking the passage is talking about people who who've heard the truth about god so so they they've had the truth about god and they refuse that and so they move on into darkness it kind of builds off of what we were talking about uh that happens over a period of time you know it is god in his grace through his spirit uh, drawing men to him and, you know, no, 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 I'll not, I'll not walk in the light. I'll not turn to Christ. Uh, I will not, uh, seek 
you know, to honor God with this life. And so uh, as they continue to reject, a lot of times they slide more and more and more into, uh, as we mentioned, darkened hearts and a darkened heart basically brings these habits that he talks about in verse 23 and um, he even starts talking about uh, idol worship and just some of the wicked things that we see that are happening even in our world today in the name of religion mm. <laughs> uh, that are extreme darkness because mm. of the rejection of, of, of Christ. Yeah, and, and you make the statement, you know, the Bible says because they turned from the truth about God, they went into darkness, so their foolish hearts became darkened, and they started to worship all these things. So um, we we see this this trend of when we're turning away from God, like we start to we start to worship the created things rather than than the Creator, and that just that just causes so many issues in in culture, issues in our well, life, issues spiritually, and and. And Ryan, and I think this is one of the things that we that was discussed in the sermon, but we dig in just a little bit deeper here. We have this idea that we in the Western world are so advanced that we would never be guilty of idolatry. Uh, because when it comes to idolatry, we think of folks that have, you know, they've taken a tree and they've made a... Uh, statue or they have, uh, you know, they're bowing down to uh, pictures of their deceased relatives or, I mean, you know, you keep going on and on. They're worshiping the sun, uh, the S-U-N. And so we're like, well, you know, golly, we would never do anything like that because we're so advanced and we're so intellectual in our uh, in our culture. Uh, no, I mean extreme idolatry. I would say I would say idolatry is even greater <laughs> among us uh, than 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 even those that are not as advanced as we are. Uh, we just our idolatry usually centers around ourselves. Well, so uh, I, I was in Malaysia in 2010, and we went to this this Hindu temple, and I understand the Hindus have they have thousands of gods and. So we, we were in this place. We walked up all these stairs. We're in this Hindu temple, and there were people that were paying. They were they were visiting the station of their god in this temple. They're paying money to this god. Like they're they're taking money out of their wallet. They're putting the the money in this little bucket thing they're walking in line they're praying these prayers to this man-made idol and you know a moment of honesty here i judge them like i'm judging them for bowing down to this man-made idol i judge them for paying money to this idol well then when i get home from the trip in malaysia uh, i had to get a new cell phone and then i start thinking i'm like you know here i am judging these people for paying money to this idol yet I'm paying every month on this phone that I keep in my hand and look at many times a day. Like I'm, I use it. I, well, sadly, sometimes I use my phone more than I read my Bible because it's on me every part of the day. And I'm like, you know, I'm a huge, huge hypocritical thought there going, you know, I'm judging these people because I, yeah, man, we don't take the idolatry thing serious. And, uh, may, may we, May we constantly look to Jesus, like my goodness, like 
I just felt bad for judging those people that were well done and, the same thing in our culture. Yeah. And and I even make the example of you have India and some of the most widespread starvation in the world and there are cows walking everywhere. <sighs> Uh, and they are right. they are worshiping the, the the cows because it may be one of their relatives that's come anyway, uh, and there's food right there, and because of idolatry they're starving to death. Uh, so I mean, and of course you know we're in our culture we would say well we would we would never do anything like that. Uh, now I have some seen some people that uh, borderline worship their dogs. Um, and uh, I get get Christmas cards from them every year. Uh, yeah. The dogs, uh, not not the people, not the family members. Yeah, not the family members. It's the the dog. Hello, Pastor Stephen. Um, uh, pray you have a good Christmas. And <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this dog's praying. Wow, uh, wow, something special it's, about that. Dog. Yeah, yeah. It's so so, uh, we're in our own in our own culture of idolatry and i would say the biggest idol that we struggle with it again is self yeah self i want to i want to fulfill my selfish desires i want to make myself happy um uh, you know even a, a byproduct of that is what well, god would never call me or want me to do anything that would make myself uncomfortable Mm. Um, and I would say, I would say, at the opposite end of that spectrum, Ryan is is what I'm seeing a lot of young people struggle with today. And I say young people, <laughs> I don't know. It may not even be young people. Maybe, maybe just a uh, you know where we have evolved to as our society, but universalism mm. Mm. and well yeah it's okay for them to believe whatever they want to believe yeah. as as long as they think it's cool as long i mean it can be as long as it's right for them it's right for them and who am i to say that who am i to say that that's wrong and uh now we don't throw the word universalism around a lot today instead we use the uh the tolerance word and the definition of tolerance has changed dramatically from when I was uh, I was growing up, tolerance used to mean this: you can believe whatever you want to believe. I can believe whatever I want to believe, uh, and it's okay for me to tell you that what you're believing is not the truth, and try to sway your belief. Well, today that is called intolerance. Right. Uh, it, you know, being tolerant today means this. You believe whatever you want to believe, and that'll be right for you. And I'll believe whatever I want to believe. And it can be completely opposite of what you so believe, dangerous. and it'll be right for me. And so and so the reason why the tolerance thing is is so damaging when it comes to belief system today. And uh, and, and, and please hear me. Yes, we should be tolerant of people. We We should show love and kindness and compassion and mercy and grace everyone because they've been created in the image of God and they are valuable to God. They ought to be valuable to us without hesitation. Okay. Um, but when, when you understand tolerance as being defined today, 
then you as a evangelical Christian are basically giving people a license to believe a lie. And because of your love for them, then you do not need to refute the lie, which is in stark contrast to Scripture. Because Scripture says, if you genuinely love them, you will share the truth. And this is something that, you know, I'm 50 years old. This is an evolution that I've seen happen in my lifetime. Uh, and, um, uh, And so, you know, the whole universalism thing, Hey, it's okay, man. There, there are many different roads that are all eventually going to lead to the same spot, God. And so you just need to be sincere in what you believe, whether that is, whether that is truth or not. Uh, well, Jesus would say that's not. Yeah. You know, Jesus. <laughs> our definition today of tolerant, Jesus clearly would not have been tolerant. I, I would have loved to have seen. I would love to have been sitting in the classroom yeah. with a young uh, Peter or Paul uh, and them being taught tolerance. Um, but again, what, what, is the, what is the highest form of love? For me to share with you the absolute unadulterated truth. Uh, we, we say it all the time. It'd be like, um, you're driving down a road, right? And uh, I'm ahead of you, and I am aware that there is a bridge that is completely out. And if you continue down this road, then you're going to fall to your death uh, because the bridge is out. And so I, I've I've pulled over. I'm standing there. Well, what is my responsibility to you? Well, as you know, as as somebody who cares and compassionate, it is. Hey, the bridge is out. And, uh, or I could sit there and say, well, you know, they'll figure it out. Or, hey, he believes the bridge is not out. <laughs> yeah. So whatever, whatever you want to do. So that, that to me, to me, there's a danger on both sides, uh, of, of, of this pursuit of, uh, well, of how we allow things to, to shape us with the darkness as far as rejecting the truth. Yeah, and I'm much, much younger than you are, and I've even seen that in in my own life as far as the people that we get to minister to, man. It's just a, it's a huge problem, and it is dangerous. Like, it, it is a dangerous thing. So let, let's just get back to, you know, your point number one was light about God has been provided to all. Light rejected, point number two, light rejected, uh, increases the darkness, and we just we just spoke on that. And then you, your third point is light received increases the light. Um, and you you give the example of the Ethiopian man out of Acts chapter eight. Um, you wanna you wanna expound on that? And well, in your statement, it's like if any person turns toward the light, they get more light, and they get closer to God. Like. It's a it's a pretty simple math problem there. Yeah, Acts eight tells us this beautiful story of a man from Ethiopia, and he's like, I want to know: is there really a God? Is there really a God? Well, I've I've heard of the Jews that you know they they worship uh, a monotheistic God, 
And so he, uh, you know, he heads to Jerusalem, uh, gets a copy of the book of, uh, of Isaiah, and he's, he's there and he's reading. Uh, I, you know, I can even see him there. Hey, God, I really want to know you. If you're there, just show yourself to me. And then here's this deacon named Philip that's overdoing this revival in Samaria, which they're seeing multitudes of people that are coming to faith. And then an angel says, hey, wakes him up from his sleep. Philip, get up. I want you to go. I want you to go down in the desert because there's a man down there and he's searching. He's searching for Jesus, telling the truth about Jesus. Now, had that been you and I, or maybe not, I won't speak on your behalf. Had that been me, I would have said, okay, he's one. I got a lot more people here. Not, not the greater goods here. I'm, I'm going to stay right here. Again, this just shows you the compassion, the pursuit of, of God for those who genuinely want to know the light. And so Philip gets up, he goes out in the desert, and... Um, all of a sudden, he hops up in the chariot, and the guy is like, hey, what about this over in Isaiah? And Philip's like, well, you, you know, that, that's talking about, about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. Gives his life to Christ, gets baptized, and um, it's kind of interesting, as we shared in the story, uh, this guy goes back. I mean, he had to. He had to. There was no other... There's no other reasonable uh, idea or explanation because when the very first missionaries get to northern Africa, there were already an abundance of Christians there. Uh, So we can only assume that here's this Ethiopian man. Philip leads this mighty powerful revival, goes out. Here's this guy. He's been to Jerusalem. God, are you real? Are you real? God, Isaiah doesn't understand what he's reading. God just, lo and behold, sends him a preacher right there. Hey, here's what you're reading about. Trust Christ, goes back home, and then boom, the gospel spreads. So to me, that is a a beautiful illustration of as you seek light and go towards light, then all of a sudden God will reveal more light and more light and more light. And I even love the 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 idea of obedience in this and when we look at philip like he he didn't question he automatically did what god asked him to do and he was faithful to share the message and we see the result of that 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 happened so i I like to look at at philip on this too i mean it's a he opened his mouth and he shared the gospel with this person that was pursuing so your next your next point is uh the level of light will determine the judgment and i think this may cause a little bit of tension in people's hearts whenever we talk about degrees of punishment based off of how much we hear and know about the gospel or know about christ know about the light yeah over and over again in the new testament we're told that that is uh that is true uh you know uh, we even use the scripture in matthew chapter 11 uh, Jesus is sitting there and he is talking to Capernaum and for over three years. That was the kind of the base of his ministry there. And he said, uh, it's going to be judgment's going to be worse on you in the day of judgment than it'll even be for uh, Gomorrah. I mean, stop and think Sodom and Gomorrah were like, oh, those are the wickedest civilizations mankind has ever known. And uh, without me going into detail, I mean, they were extremely debased. Uh, 
evil, evil, wicked things that were taking place there. And he says, Capernaum, it's going to be worse for you than even Gomorrah, because here's the deal. You saw me perform miracles. You heard me teach. I walked among you, and you still rejected. And so what that says to us today is, hey, there's some of you guys, you, you, you've heard the gospel over and over. You've, you've sat in church week after week. You've, you have friends that have shared Christ with you. Uh, you are in maybe a community that is saturated with the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not even a situation where you have to walk out and look up in the sky and say, oh, wow, somebody must have created this. No, you've got, you've got people on every side of you saying, God created that. God created you. And for folks who have that much exposure to the reality of God, and salvation through Jesus Christ, and yet they choose to reject, their punishment is going to be greater. Now, what does that mean? I believe that there are going to be different levels of hell. Um, I do. Now, somebody would say, well, so I guess it would be better to go into uh, the initial level of hell versus the deeper level of hell. I'd say they're probably all bad. They're probably all bad, um, but th- those who have had greater opportunity to turn to Christ and have yet rejected, uh, their their judgment will be it will be harsher than those who did not have that level. So, um, anyway, what, and when you and you say it, you're like you know we're asking the wrong questions. Like we ask. Well, how would God judge the pagan that's never heard the gospel? You said that's not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is how would God judge America who has heard the gospel many times? Like we've heard about Jesus. We have the ability and the freedom to hear about him. Like the right question is how, how are you and I going to be judged? Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we want to sit around and we want to debate. Well, what about the pygmies in the remotest part of Africa. And I don't know why we always choose Africa. It just comes to mind being raised in a Southern Baptist church. You always hear about, you know, people in Africa. It could be, it could be anywhere, but people want to sit around and debate. Well, let's talk about those people who are unreached, who have never heard. And let's debate what, what kind of responsibility they're going to have when it comes to their own sin. And, you know, is God, has he, you know, the very fact that we've been born where we're born to the family that we're born to and the culture that we're born to with more access to the gospel, does that show favoritism by God to us versus those who may have been born in some other country or without uh, the accessibility to the gospel that we have. So we want to sit around and we want to ask these questions that really there's just no answer to that some of the greatest theological minds down through history could not come to a resolution on when instead it needs to be, well, what about me? I have heard the gospel or what about the people that are in my life that I've come into contact with? I need to be a bearer of the gospel. Let's, 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 let's focus on what, what we can be a part of and how 
we're to be responsible, uh, not only, again, to be those who submit to the gospel, but to be those who supply the gospel. Um, so, yeah, I think I think a lot of times it we try to let ourselves off of the hook because we want to think of uh, the remotest, uh, uh, maybe uh, m- not minor, but the remotest, smallest percentage of possibility when it comes to something versus looking in the mirror and looking at our own surroundings. Yeah, and, and you close out your uh, you close out your sermon, Pastor Stephen, by saying, you know, it's amazing. Uh, anybody anywhere who follows the light that they have can find the truth, and I and I think that's our call. It's our call to uh, be obedient to share the gospel. It's our call to be obedient to uh, follow what God has put in front of us. It's our obedient. It's our it's our call to be obedient to follow the truth of scripture and follow the God that we love and serve and talk about. So uh, again, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom when it comes to uh, working through the text verse by verse. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www. Dot Highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D, park, P-A-R-K, dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at highlandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D, P-A-R-K, dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.